0: It's Tuesday, October 10th. I'm Scott Sattenberg.
1: And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Raiders get a win in front of the home crowd. And the Dodgers on the brink of elimination. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of (laughs) Vegas.
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Raiders get a 17-13 win over the Green Bay Packers. Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers. Have LA on the brink of elimination. And the Braves steal one from the Phillies. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? It's the start of the NHL season tonight, AJ. Let's go. Let's start with football. All
1: right. We'll talk hockey later. Don't worry. Just for you. Later this year? (laughs) I guess later in the show.
0: The the Vegas Raiders with a 17-13 win over the Green Bay Packers in a game that was boring, that was (laughs) sloppy, that was Jordan Love's worst game of his career, and Josh McDaniels getting bailed out for another asinine decision. Fourth and two. Let's try a fifty-plus yard field goal to only put us up by seven, or we could go for the first down and end the game right then and there. But no, we kick it, doink, and the Packers had a chance to win the game.
1: Yeah, you don't have Sebastian Janikowski anymore. Those fifty <laughs> yarders aren't a, aren't aren't a free square anymore. Uh, yeah, this was it. Wasn't a fun game to watch, but I, I think the the guy who really you know suffered the most for this game was was Jordan Love. This was this this game showed a lot of his warts mm-hmm. and the, for the first time really this season like cuz he's had ups and downs throughout the season after the game last night was the first time that I saw people saying, yeah, this guy's not a starter in the NFL. And some of the some of the stats that you saw last night were, you know, it made you think, yeah, maybe he's not a starter in the NFL, uh, particularly on balls thrown down the field. Mm -hmm. The, The numbers were, what's the right word? Pathetic?
0: Yeah. So Jordan Love, six of 24 on passes, 20 or more yards down the field with two interceptions, no touchdowns. He is charted as being accurate on only five of the 24 attempts. That's the third lowest in the NFL. That according to PFF and here's another stat uh on passes thrown over 5 yards. So we're not talking about 20, we're just talking about more than 5 yards in the last 2 weeks, 14 of 32 with five interceptions and zero touchdowns.
1: That's not good. That's not good. So and and listen, if you can't get explosive plays against the Raiders, you're not going to get a lot of explosive plays and that that's it, it, it's starting to look like maybe that's the the bugaboo with Jordan Love is the ability to go down the field. Everything around the line of scrimmage, the dinkin and dunking is fine. Although even then, like some of these guys are doing it now where it's I mean they look like wizards. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, Brock Purdy's not even a real human. I'm I'm convinced he's got like some sort of magic <laughs> magic magic spell on him or something that's just making everything he does turn to gold. But he's not having to go and make explosive plays, but everything's working for him. It's not working that way for Jordan Love right now. So Packers fans obviously frustrated. This is a game they probably feel like they should have won if they would have gotten any kind of quarterback play. They do win this game, but they
0: didn't. I also think the play calling didn't help them out either. They have a 77-yard completion down the field to Christian Watson, and it's first and goal, and they run two running plays directly up the middle for no gain each time and then have a uh, passing forced a passing play on the third and goal where Jordan Love has to throw the ball away. No play action, no rolling out your athletic young quarterback, who, by the way, ran for, what, 37 yards today on just two times. One of them was a 26-yard run early on. How about you roll him out of the pocket? How about you give him a run-pass option? How about you do anything besides giving the ball to your backup running back because Aaron Jones was out, A.J. Dillon, who is – Let's let's give him credit he had an okay game right but he came into this game with a absolute terrible yards per attempt and you give it to him twice and he gets stuffed both times it's just I I didn't didn't think LaFleur helped this guy out a little bit last night well
1: listen and haven't not having Aaron Jones didn't help him Mm -hmm. Uh, there were a lot of drops that didn't help him so I mean it's not all on Jordan Love, but at the end of the day, that's that's who's going to – when you're the quarterback, you get more of the blame or more of the credit than you should get and, and more of the blame than you should get. But just not a great night for him. And, you know, this is a division that seems like with the Vikings – Unable to really do anything yet, and the Bears are dreadful. It feels like, man, a second playoff team out of this division. It would obviously be the Packers. It feels like, and we have to really. You got to get something.
0: We have to really now take a, a hard look at this team, whose one win against the Bears. We throw out because the Bears it's we know Bears. are trash. Sure, they beat the Saints in come from behind fashion after Derek Carr gets knocked out of the game with a seventeen nothing lead. Yeah. And the, the, the Saints, you know, give Jamison, uh, uh, you know, credit for doing whatever. But, you know, he's not Derek Carr. And the offense just didn't move that well under Winston.
1: Yeah. And then last week they were, they were non-competitive exactly. against the Lions.
0: So do we even think this Packers team is, at this point, mediocre at best? Like, this is, a, this is a, not a good football team.
1: I think we talked about this, and I'm, I'm, actually, I'm certain. Mackenzie, had... where
0: are they in our uh, our rankings when you look at like the four, the the what is it, the four metric average we have here?
2: Yeah, upgraded we'll... it to five metrics this year. Let's Ooh, see. Let's do it. Green Bay entering Week Five so uh-huh. doesn't count their loss. They were 18th.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like That's too high. I think well, I feel like they're going to be, be downgraded. Be, it'll after.
2: be downgraded after last night. Yes. be the worst performance against the worst competition of the year. Did yeah.
1: we have this exact conversation either a week or two weeks ago, where I said it feels like Green Bay is an average roster, and if they can get average quarterback play, they'll you know they can be an average team, and if they don't get average quarterback play, mm-hmm. they're going to be a bad team. And the last couple weeks, the last two weeks particularly, it's been not even acceptable quarterback play. It's yeah, been bad.
2: It was right after the Thursday night game. You said that it has come to be true. It's another game though where they had that one seventy seven yard pass. Their EPA per per play is decent. It's twelfth in the league entering this game, but their success rate, which a lot of people say is more predictive, twenty sixth on offense. Maybe once you know once you're out of tricks from Lafleur, you really don't have a lot to go back to on a down in and down out basis.
0: And I guess we talked about how bad Jordan Love is throwing the football downfield. But all it takes is to get one of those catches and... They
2: got the expo- They got exactly. one explosive. They got very little outside of that.
0: Yeah, and it seems like that's the thing every single week. They try and try and try, and all they get is that one explosive play. We should have been on that longest reception prop. That would have been a good one for, yeah, for last night. Would have been good. Instead of the over-passing yards. Yeah, would have hit
2: two weeks in a row. We recommended it on the Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Under-yardage, over-longest yards. Would have hit twice in a row.
0: Yeah. Uh, something
1: to... I guess put a positive spin on this is that they have a bye. next week. They have a bye. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have to play football every week. They have a bye, which gives them two weeks to come up with some plans to score points against the Broncos and the Vikings defenses. Mm. That feels like a good thing, right? Like, so it, it, let's say the Packers win those two games and now they're sitting at four and three and all of a sudden the sky's not falling. But this felt like a game that if, if you're a playoff team, this feels like the kind of game you got to win. And they couldn't get it done.
0: How do we feel about the Raiders now going into next week's game here in Vegas against the Patriots?
1: The Raiders' offense feels like they're everybody's wearing concrete shoes. Uh, I mean, it, it just feels like everything is difficult yeah. and nothing's coming easy for. Like you talk about not having explosiveness, they, they don't have any. The good news is for them, Max Crosby is a wrecking ball. Yeah, and even the plays where he doesn't get to the quarterback, he's just causing havoc. Uh, he's making things difficult but the the offense worries me because the last couple of years it's been like the Raiders have been kind of, you know, the offense has been good, and the defense has been okay. Yeah. Uh, i i I hate to say Jimmy Garoppolo's a downgrade from Derek Carr, given what we know about Derek Carr today. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Garoppolo's a downgrade from the Derek Carr that's been playing for the Raiders the last few seasons. So things don't seem to be coming easy for the and the, I don't know if it's play calling. i don't mm-hmm. I don't know if it's what. But Devontae
0: Adams isn't getting open all the time. And- well, I think also what we saw last night was Devontae Adams without a week of practice. Because yeah. Derek Carr, I mean, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo only targeted him four times, and three of those targets came in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And through the first three quarters of the game, it was one target, one catch for 12 yards.
2: Hey, and man, is he losing his mind. Yeah,
0: say <laughs> what you will about like,
2: oh, Jair Alexander,
0: and he's he's locking him up. No. You throw the ball to your best player. It doesn't matter how many times he catches it. You just throw it to him because he's going to make plays. Jamar Chase caught 15 passes on Sunday. He's always open. Yeah, he's always – there's another word in there. Yeah. But, <laughs> but how do you – it was clear that maybe it was just Jimmy saying, hey – we didn't work together all week in practice. I was out with the concussion. You had the shoulder. Yeah, I'm just going to look for other guys. Well, it's also this. Inexcusable to only throw to Devontae Adams four times. I
1: agree with that. But last year, the things were a lot easier for the offense because Josh Jacobs was running for 1,600 yards. Mm-hmm. Now, through five weeks, he's at 235 yards. I, I mean, the, the game last night was his highest rushing output of the season at 69 yards. Nice. Nice. That's not nice enough though. Mm-hmm. Like this guy's averaging 2.9 yards a carry. This that that's what opened things up for the offense last year. And now they're they're taking away Josh Jacobs. Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough to beat you by himself.
0: So will the student beat the teacher next week? Raiders and Patriots. Well, the Patriots are the most pathetic offense in the NFL, not named the New York Giants. But this is a team that just had back-to-back horrific beats. And Belichick getting embarrassed uh, on a week in, week out basis. What do we think about the Raiders' chances at home here? What's this what's the line on that
2: game? It is Raiders minus three. Look ahead line was pick 'em. And I looked before the Monday night game, it had already moved to three. So this is all a reaction to the Patriots. Raiders, you know, they they passed. No God. move for the I mean Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, no move for the Raiders.
1: Jimmy Garoppolo looks incredible compared to Mac Jones. I've been sitting here shitting on Jordan Love and Jimmy Garoppolo. What happened like- to Mac Jones? He was all right. I
0: don't and he know. He was bad, and, and now he's
2: like the worst quarterback in the league. Was and he all
0: right, or was the Patriots' defense just elite? Yeah. Because remember, we we talked about that Patriots team in Mac Jones's you know first year where he was good, and nine and seven, yeah. and through the first like first half of the season, the Patriots' defense was putting up the same type of numbers that the Patriots' historic like Super Bowl defense. No, which one there was the whatever year uh, I'm, I'm messing up the years the year now. they were really good there yeah. was one year On when the patriots put up a historic defensive <laughs> metrics and those numbers were being duplicated by the mac jones team yeah. so was mac jones really that good or was he just doing what mark sanchez did which is play to the strength of I, your team
1: i tend to think it's the latter uh no, respect to mark sanchez shout out my guy i was thinking about this you know with like Last season, okay, yeah, I mean, their their coordinator situation was a mess. They had a defensive guy calling offensive plays. Uh, it, it was just a, a nightmare scenario for a second year quarterback. But now he's got Bill O'Brien, and
2: yeah, that nightmare scenario continues. They are thirty second on offense.
1: Yeah, like so, can't get much worse than that. And and I'll be honest. And normally, I'm the first one to raise my hand to to throw some shade at Bill O'Brien. <laughs> I I don't necessarily think it's like bad scheme. I think yeah. it's. Like, Mac Jones just isn't a very good player. and But I did also – I heard a lot of the talking heads talking about um, if Mac Jones had Kyle Shanahan, he'd be Brock Purdy, which is a really easy thing to say.
2: Yeah, Dan Orlowski said that, and he got shut down by a lot of people. I will pile on, no, no. I, I, you can't just be terrible and then just be like, oh, well, maybe if I had a better coach, I wouldn't be bad. No, come on. I, I,
1: I don't get that. I mean, it like, it's the one th- – like, Mac Jones can't say, well – if I had a different head coach, I'd have some success. Although like he has
2: people talking, apparently he has like people around Mac Jones are not happy.
1: Well, whatever not... that means. Maybe he should demand a trade and see how <laughs> that goes for him. I'd love to see how that right. goes. Uh, to answer your question, though, it, it's Raiders are past for me. I want mm-hmm. nothing to do with this Patriots team right now. Um, you know, I, I've kind of I, like I. I'm thinking, oh well, I can buy low on the Patriots. Yeah. N- no thanks. Falling knife. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't, don't want to buy low on the page. I want nothing to do with them.
0: Let's take a look at the injuries around the league because there are some notable ones. We know the Cowboys will be without linebacker, Leighton Vander Esch, for four to six weeks. How big of a blow is this to the Cowboys defense, AJ?
1: I think it's pretty massive. Like, he, that middle linebacker position for that team has always been pretty key, and uh, it, this, he's another guy in a long line of them. Um, I I, I don't know that the Cowboys' defense, if if maybe we overrated it early and now all of a sudden like we're going to see them fall off some and we can say, well, it's Leighton Vander Esch isn't there or uh, Trayvon Diggs, Diggs yeah. isn't there. Like You can make a lot of excuses, but it could just be maybe they weren't as good as we thought they were after two That's weeks because said. they played the Jets and the Giants.
0: What is it with the Cowboys' middle linebackers and getting hurt? It's like I Sean Lee know. is out. We have to bet against I can't them. Believe Leighton Vander Esch is out. We have to bet against them. Uh, Devon H.N. The talented running back for the Miami Dolphins is being evaluated for a knee injury. Uh, he was going through... No one said about anything about an MRI or missing time, but... No one's updating on the situation. They're just saying that he's being evaluated for a knee injury. I guess that's what happens when you run for 151 yards on 11 carries.
1: Well, the good news is he's their backup running back. (laughs) So uh, the the Dolphins offense, I'm guessing, will be just
0: fine. Uh, Just a little more heavy Raheem Mostert uh, day. The Jets will be without their best offensive lineman for the rest of the season. Elijah Vera Tucker tears his Achilles for the second straight season. And the injury last year also happened in the game at Denver. Maybe they should change the turf there. (laughs) Is he their best offensive lineman at this point? Yes. He's better than Dwayne Brown at this point? Yeah, well, Dwayne Brown's not healthy, and Tucker plays multiple positions. Okay, yeah. I mean, either way, like,
1: anybody who does the job that's called protect Zach Wilson, like... those guys are important for the Jets right well, now. Well, it's
0: important to open up holes for Brees Hall. That, that too. <laughs> and so without veratuka you wonder how effective now Brees Hall is going to be running the football. Uh, the Bills, Matt Milano, as well as defensive tackle Daquan Jones, sidelined oh. indefinitely. This this defense is a mess unit. And what did I just hear? They're signing Josh Norman? Like, they're just picking up anybody at this, yeah, this
1: point. Random guys. Random guys from Sunset Park, as RJ would say. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about – trade Tradavius white matt milano daquan jones you're talking about three of probably their five best players on that side of the ball uh that's if they've got a fully healthy roster which they don't because von miller hasn't played a single game this year It's starting to pile up and unlike the cowboys i'm pretty certain the bills defense was good uh and i say was in the past tense like you know with with maybe some cautious optimism that they can still be good because they, i mean at the end of the day, the Jags didn't like wreck them, mm-hmm. you know, But given the givens. It seems like it's going to be a lot harder to slow down teams like the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, in the playoffs. than it than it's going to be with with those guys. So it's some big losses, man. And, and both guys out for the season. Both of them are going to need surgeries. Well, presumably out for the season. I guess they haven't officially said on either one, but they're both going to have surgery. The
0: wildcard teams just keep winning. In the Major League Baseball postseason, as the debate continues about whether or not the week off for division winners, the top seeds, is actually hurting them in the postseason. The Diamondbacks yesterday beating the Dodgers 4-2. They've now won four straight games to start this postseason and have the Dodgers, the best team in the National League in the regular season, 100 wins on the brink of elimination as they go now to Arizona for game three. McKenzie, what's the odds on this series right now?
2: Diamondbacks minus 600.
0: 600 for the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers.
2: They still got to win two more.
0: No, they got to win one. Three out of five divisional round. That was a three out of five? Yeah. Oh, and they okay. have two games. The next two games are going to be in Arizona. It's The Dodgers just don't have the pitching. That's the thing.
1: I mean, it's got to be a rare thing that... Teams who win 100 games lose their first two home playoff
0: games. Yes, it's, ex- it's extremely rare. And it's happened now twice this season. In the first, this is from ESPN stats and information, in the first 118 postseasons all time, only three 100 win teams lost their first two games at home. This year, both the Diamondbacks, uh, both the Dodgers, and the Orioles did it. Unbelievable. And I think it's, look, the week off, yes, it hurts. Baseball is a everyday sport. Rhythm game. It's a rhythm game. And you can set up your pitching all you want, but when guys don't pitch for six, seven, eight, nine days, they're not used to it. We're going to do a lot of this coming up later on today. Uh, former major league pitcher Josh Towers and I are going to record a divisional series Continuance recap podcast, so that'll be out later today on this uh, Straight out of Vegas feed. And you guys were kind of
2: pessimistic on the Orioles for a 100-win team. You didn't think they were, like, one of the better teams.
0: So far, we're crushing the Major League Baseball postseason. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we picked the Rangers to win the series. We picked the Astros to win the series. I mean, that's split 1-1. We picked the Diamondbacks to beat the Dodgers. We picked the Phillies to beat the Braves. Looking good. And and your boy personally is just nine and one in the postseason. With my Look only with my only loss is the Rays series bet. What it's happened? Not an individual game bet, but I bet <laughs> the Rays series. But my why ind-
2: did he get that one wrong? It was yeah. even close. The indiv- Rays. What a loser.
0: In- but the indiv- wow. individual games are on fire. Not anyone, and, right. and we're still hope we're still holding on to that uh, Phillies to win this series against the Braves ticket. But the Dodgers, I-, I just think it's lack of pitching. They do not have pitching injuries lining up, whatever you want to call it, but Lance Lynn now has to start your do-or-die game on the road in Arizona? It's Lance Lynn? Now, it's going to be Brandon Fodd that gets the start for the Diamondbacks, and so you're not confident Although, on him. Didn't he throw a shutout in the wild-card post, game? In his like, first postseason start. But it's like, if you're the Dodgers, you won 100 games in the regular season, and your season comes down to Lance Lynn.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Where's Ginger Guard? Where's Dustin May when you need him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: All these guys are hurt. And where's cur- Trevor Bauer when you need him? Right? Uh, he's healthy. Uh, i him uh, on TikTok.
2: in Japan.
0: That's what
1: he's doing. <laughs> man. So And remember, they made the decision mm-hmm. to not bring Walker Bueller back this year. Yeah. Like, he was ready to go, available. And let's say, I mean, a healthy Walker Bueller is probably their best pitcher. I mean, yeah. and who knows if he's healthy right away or not. Mm-hmm. But you would have that guy available and you, I mean, would you rather your season be on the line with Walker Bueller out there or Lance Lynn? I don't even think there's a question.
0: Yeah. They say he was really, really close to returning this year, but it just didn't, they decided that, to play yeah. it safe. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's probably a
1: smart move long-term, but man,
0: Dodgers it, it, starting pitchers through the first two games of this series, a 40.50 ERA, nine earned runs in two innings pitch. That's the worst starters ERA in the first two games of a series in MLB postseason history. Well, at least
2: they set the record. (laughs) How much of a demerit is it for Clayton Kershaw to be so bad in the playoffs? Because if you didn't know the playoffs existed, he'd look like the best pitcher ever.
0: Yeah, he got over that hump the one year, but again, eh, COVID, we don't count it. Uh, uh, Go ask the (laughs) Lakers about that. Dodgers, by (laughs) the way, are a favorite in game three, minus 148 at the Diamondbacks, plus 124. You you Backing the Diamondbacks for the sweep? Yeah, of course. Mm, They're down and out, bro. Come on. Uh, also, history made last night a, f- a-, a 8-5-3 double play to end the game. The first double play in any postseason game in MLB history. Now, let's go over how, the numbers.
1: How did this happen?
0: Well, if you – 8-5-3, yes. So, with Bryce Harper on first, with one out, Nick Castellanos at the plate, and I'd like to apologize <laughs> for anything I'm going to say, and there's a deep drive by Castellanos <laughs> – Castellanos blasts one to center field that Harper clearly thinks is going to go, if not a home run, it's going to go off the wall. So he takes off and does what you should never do as a runner on first with a fly ball. And that's go past second base, right? That's the number one rule. Yeah. You just, you can run to second base and then act like you're tagging up. Just stand on second and wait. If the ball's caught, guess what? Run back to first. And if it's not caught, just go to third. Or you can probably score. Probably still Whatever. score, yeah. It's still crazy. So, that ball would have been a home run in five Major League ballparks, and Statcast had an expected batting average of 6'10. But what happened? Harris made an incredible leaping catch, falling into the wall. There's your center fielder, the number eight yep. position in Major League Baseball. And then he throws it in because Harper's already past second. He's turning around to go back to first. The ball goes past Acuna picked up by the third baseman Austin Riley who then throws it to first to nail Harper the first ever 853 double play in postseason history that's embarrassing yeah or it goes by Albies i guess the ball went by could uh, you
2: tag up at second or at first if he's past second could you tag either base and, you're, and you and you get them out?
0: No, no, no. You have to tag for, the, the, the the force out is at first base. Okay, okay. But for the runner, the runner has to retouch has to the second, second base so, I mean, before going back to first. It'd be hard for him to sneak by you. Yeah, and, and Harper slipped as well. on On you know, it was just a it was a great catch. It was a great catch. They're down one. We can talk about that play all we want. What we should be talking about is how the Phillies blew another great start by Zach Wheeler on the road, and the bullpen couldn't lock it down. Jeff Hoffman who was a very reliable reliever for them, had only allowed one home run on a slider the entire season. And he gives up a three-run shot to uh, Riley on a slider, an extremely rare occurrence because Riley only had one hit on an outside slider this entire season.
1: And I saw people saying, oh, the mistake pitch. That's not a mistake pitch. No, that, great that's, pitch. A, that's an out pitch. And it looked like Austin Riley was, like, trying to foul it off. Like, it, it looked like he was just trying to stay alive and, and like, started just swinging. And, you know, when you start your swing, you go, oh, God, I shouldn't be swinging at this. And
0: you just try to touch it and he get it. He threw the ad- bat at it. Yeah. It
1: just, it just went.
0: It uh, just went. It that's, was, you
1: talk about power. Yeah.
0: There's some power in there. Yep. And so uh, it was a 4 nothing lead for Philly in the fifth inning. And then 4-1 turned to 4-3 on the Darno home run. And then Riley's home run made it 5-4. And uh, we, we we know what happened with the double play in the ninth. So, Mackenzie, what's the odds now for the division series between the Braves and the Phillies? It's tied up at a game apiece. But the series now shifts to Philadelphia where the Phillies, all they got to do is win their two home games and they'll win.
2: Braves are minus 135 favorites. Take back plus 115.
0: All right. So, it's a little shorter than what the pre-series line was. It's because they beat Zach Wheeler. Well, the pre-series line, the Braves were more favored than this.
2: They stole but it, home court advantage. It's
0: the, exactly. And it's the, they both have this. It's, it's, there's three games left in the series. Two of them are in Philadelphia. So yeah. that's the point we're at right now. As long as the Phillies win the two home games, they're going to win this series. So taking a look at the games that will be on, uh, the game that will be on Wednesday, and it's going to be Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies. And I don't know what the Braves are going to do for game three. We're not sure. Really? I mean, who are you going to go to? It was, I guess it's Elder? Yeah, I thought that was the assumption, right? I guess it's Elder then. So it'll be Elder in game three. It'll be Nola against Elder. Okay. And the Phillies are minus 122 favorites right now on the early line. I like that Phillies number. Uh, We have two games tonight as we have the ALDS game threes. And this is the shift in location. So the games will be in Minnesota and in Texas. The Twins and Astros are tied at a game apiece. And it will be Christian Javier going for the Astros. Sonny Gray for the Twins. The Twins are minus 135 for the game. Mackenzie, what's the line on the entire series?
2: Astros minus 120. Twins plus 100.
0: So think about that. The Twins are favored tonight. But the Astros are favored to win the series. So why not just wait till the Astros lose this game tonight and then bet them to win the series? (laughs) That would make more sense, right? I mean, they're basically saying that the Astros are going to either steal, um, you know, both games in Minnesota or this is a split going back to Houston for game five. That's what the Zod's are telling me. Christian Javier, Sonny Gray, there's something about Minnesota. They got the juice right now. You like them? It's tough. I love the Astros, but Sonny Gray, the way he's pitched and at home, Crowd's going to be electric. They got the juice, man. All right. They got something going on. They got something going on. They're chanting,
1: we want Houston. We'll see.
0: Well, they got him. The Orioles, the other 100 win team, 101 wins in the regular season. They are down 0 2 to the Texas Rangers. And it'll be Nathan Uvalde against Dean Kramer tonight as the Rangers look to finish off the sweep. And uh, Dean Kramer dealing with uh, some you know, extra extra stuff there in the back of his mind as he's got a lot of family in Israel. Uh, he's a dual citizen between the United States and Israel, and he's got a lot of his extended family is in Israel. And with everything going on there with the attacks and whatnot, he's got a lot on his mind. He said he he never once thought about not pitching in this game tonight, but it is something that is in the back of his mind. Yeah. Uh, again, these are professional athletes. I don't know how much any of that like distraction gets to them when they're in the moment pitching. Um, and I think it's better that he's on the road as opposed to at home. Maybe there's more distractions at home. I don't know. I'll ask Josh about this coming up later on this morning. but I, I think Kramer's got the goods to to make this a low scoring game. I don't have a feel for the side here, but I do like the under nine because I think Kramer can limit the can limit the Rangers. I really do. Yeah. And if Yavaldi does what you know, Uvaldi, what, he's been doing. what he's been doing, I mean, how good was Yvaldi in, in the game against Tampa? Six and two-thirds, only yeah. one run allowed, eight strikeouts, no walks. So if Yovaldi puts together another outing like that, I think the under is the play for me in this game between the Orioles and the Rangers. I like that That's play. my lean right now. Mackenzie, where are we at for the World Series odds? I would imagine the Rangers are the favorite because they're the, oh, Rangers and Diamondbacks might be up there as well because they're both up 2-0.
2: Close, but you're way off. So the Atlanta Braves are the favorite, plus 265, then the Even Rangers. No, they're
0: split. Yeah. Rangers, okay. Plus
2: 340, Astros plus 450. Phillies are five to one. The Diamondbacks are eight to one.
0: Okay. Why aren't we betting the Diamondbacks right now?
2: Because they're not, not that good. I'm yeah. not
0: saying that they're good, but they're they are up 2-0. And they're at home now. They just have to win one of these next three games.
2: All right, so let's say they're through. What would you say they are as the final four team to win it all at that point?
0: They're underdogs against anybody they play, but if you're just looking right now, them and the Rangers are in the best positions to advance to the championship series. So knowing that isn't their value on the eight to one. Knowing that they're having... because what if they advance? Yeah. If they advance, and they're in the final four. What's the number on them? It's going to be shorter than eight to one. Oh yeah. They'll be the fourth. They'll be the fourth team. But it'll be shorter than eight to one, so I think take the shot on the eight to one now. Yeah, a little sprinkle, sprinkle.
2: I don't know. I you think they can win it all though. Like that's the question. They're Such a fun team.
0: No, because I think they'll lose to the
2: Phillies. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, Phillies five to one.
1: Don't play futures on teams you don't think can win.
0: They're so fun though. You can do that <laughs> at the beginning of the
1: season because then you can hedge out. But like when yeah. it's down to the Diamondbacks and Phillies, and you think the Phillies are going to win, you're going to be like,
0: shit. And then Arizona wins the first two games of the series, and I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Team of destiny, maybe. Team of destiny. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore.
1: Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me Are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit, and there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general.
0: So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com.
1: That's drinkag1.com. Sov. Check it out.
0: 50 straight days of football continues tonight with Tuesday College Football Action. AJ, we have three games on the schedule.
1: We do, and again, they're not pretty, but they're football games. <laughs> uh, I'll start with the early game. Uh, Louisiana Tech is at Middle Tennessee State. Louisiana Tech is plus three in this game. I, this will be my best bet of the pod. I don't understand this. Louisiana Tech catching points at Middle Tennessee, like, Louisiana Tech's been a pretty solid team. Mm -hmm. Middle Tennessee's terrible. I've been fading them. It's been working. Louisiana Tech, where they're the best, is in their secondary. Take away Middle Tennessee's passing game. I don't know where their points come from. I think they can win this game outright. So, Louisiana Tech on the road, plus three, will be my best bet
0: for the night. What did Middle Tennessee do to deserve all these weekday games? Were they just like... We know you can't get a crowd on the weekend.
2: They're one in five.
0: <laughs> yeah, listen, They're
2: not good.
1: I, I think what you're what you're going to see now is Conference USA has kind of taken over Tuesday. Mm. Um, the MAC has Wednesdays, and uh, like a uh, Conference USA said, hey, let's their their commissioner said, hey, let's do this, and we're going to start seeing these games, the Conference USA games on Tuesday. It's a good good. Spotlight on their conference, I guess, if how far, you want to call it that. How
0: far is Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro from Nashville? About 30 minutes. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's right right around there. Nice. Uh, liberty. Liberty-bibbity. Liberty, 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 liberty. Min- minus six and a half on the road at Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, one of the cool stories this year. Uh, first year up from FCS, and, eh, you know, they're just five and one. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Richrod. Rod. Uh, Rich Rod has it going. I'll – This is a a curious matchup, though. Liberty, one of the best G5 teams in the country. Uh, You like the over?
2: Over.
0: Okay. Over.
1: I worry a little bit about the over because Liberty moves the ball so slow. And, I mean, if you like Jacksonville State, if you think Jacksonville State can stay within the number, I'd probably like the over, but I'm not sure that they can. They may have to – they may be – they may be on. They their defense may
0: be on the field. A lot. Come on, blind bet. If I told you Jamie Chadwell against Rich Rodriguez you totals fifty six, what yeah, are you doing? You You're going over.
1: I, I I'd be cautious. Is yes. all I'm saying. All right. Uh, then Coastal Carolina. Speaking of Chadwell, plus six and a half at Appalachian State, and I kind of like the dog here too. Coastal plus six and a half. Uh, Appalachian State played a bunch of close games. Their mm. scoring margin in their in their FBS games this year is seven. So four games they they're plus seven. Um, so, getting six and a half in this game, two teams that are pretty close in power ratings, feels like a lot of a, a lot of points here. So, uh, lean to coastal, and uh, I'm I'm certainly going to be on Louisiana Tech.
0: Don't you think? Uh, you think if Chadwell had his way, would he stay with Salter or rather have Grayson McCall?
1: Ooh. He's got to be pleased if, with what he's seen out of Salter so far. Salter, but,
0: 12 touchdowns to two interceptions. McCall, six touchdowns to six interceptions.
1: Yeah, Grayson McCall's not been that good. Um, but I, I, think he'd, I think he'd stick with what he's got. It's
0: working. Okay. There
1: was a lot of questions I about whether it so, And
0: McCall only has one rushing touchdown this yeah. year. So this, things are just, this is not the same quarterback that we saw under Chadwell.
1: So 50 games and 50 nights continues with some Conference USA football.
0: The NHL regular season, the puck drops tonight with three games on your schedule, highlighted by the defending, reigning Stanley Cup champions. Did you see those rings for the Vegas Golden Knights? The top of the ring comes off, and there's a mini model of T-Mobile Arena inside the ring. Inside the ring, I mean, it's very and it says unite the realm underneath. Very, very cool. It's a little extra, but hey, it's Vegas, that's how we do it. The Vegas Golden Knights will host the Seattle Kraken, that'll be the finale of the triple header tonight to tip off the NHL season. The Predators are at the Lightning, Tampa Bay is minus 165, and I have a lot of uh hesitation. On Tampa to start the season, we know that Andre Vasilevsky is going to be out for a while dealing with the injury. And when you're without, not just your top goaltender, but the one of the top goaltender. yeah, one of the elite uh, goaltenders in the NHL, I, I, I just don't know what the team's going to do without him. They're a great team, don't get me wrong, but I would hold off on backing. The Lightning for now until we see what they look like in these first weeks or so. Are the Predators without Andre Vasilevsky? I don't, know, I don't know much to say about the the, the Predators. Okay, to be honest, I mean I, I I give them the goaltending edge in this matchup for sure. So that's the one thing that you have to pay attention to here, goaltending matchups. It's going to be what Jonas Johansson starting for for the Lightning. I'd rather go with Soros and and, and what, the Predators.
1: What's the total like? Are they giving us like a normal Lightning total or six and a half? And most of their the, totals last year were five and a half. Under
0: juiced to minus one eighteen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's you know that that's probably a normal line what we're gonna see without Vasilevsky. Okay. It wasn't in the NHL. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of five and a halves anymore. Uh, even with rare. the elite goaltenders, some of them. But it's just yeah. They know that they're scoring. There's a lot of scoring. All right, so that's what that's game one on the schedule. Game two, the Blackhawks and Mackenzie's boy, Connor Bedard. Let's
2: Matt just called him CB. Yep. CB,
0: yeah. They are at the Penguins, where Pittsburgh is a minus. 245 favorite they're really gonna
2: make us underdogs game one all right i see how it is
0: total in this one is six and a half
2: they were the worst team in the
0: league last yeah, year that was last year <laughs> yeah although they didn't finish the worst record remember <laughs> That's they true. won at the end um greatest win in blackhawks history by the way can anyone say revenge spot revenge spot <laughs> oh for the penguins it was the yeah it was the black it was the loss of the blackhawks Last season, that kept the Penguins out of the postseason. All right, so you give him a spot (laughs) edge at minus 110 at best. It could be a welcome to the NHL moment for Connor Bedard. Really cool moment the other night, too, where Bedard had a penalty shot against Marc-Andre Fleury, and Fleury took his legs out after, like, he didn't fall for the deke move. And as Bedard's on the floor or on the ice, Flurry skates by him and just gives him, like, a tap on the legs. It was just kind of like, it was like a respectful thing. It, yeah, was, like, yeah. it was like, welcome to the NHL, kid. Yeah. But, like, it was just, like, it, you should have seen Flurry just take his goaltending stick and just take the legs out from the <laughs> like, Welcome to the NHL. Sit down, kid. But the main event tonight is the Vegas Golden Knights at home. They are minus 170 favorites. Shop around, though, because this line is bouncing all over the place, depending on the books. Here in Vegas, I got it at minus 154 at Circa. And you can shop around. Superbooks got 165, DraftKings FanDuel, they're at 170. So just look around, try and get the best lines because some of these books are may not be as quick to move, or they could just be moving based on the action. I have to preface what I'm gonna say by saying this. I have a futures bet on the Seattle Kraken to win the Stanley Cup. It's a long shot, it's 35 to one, but they're my favorite long shot on the board. Okay, the Kraken are my favorite long shot, and what I mean by a long shot is a team that's beyond twenty five thirty to one. I have bets on the top of the board, but my favorite long shot is the Seattle Kraken at thirty five to one to win the Stanley Cup. Loved what I saw last year from them getting into the postseason as a young team bringing in some some veteran help guys like uh. Uh, Yamamoto, Brian Dumoulin are going to help w- add some veteran presence to a young team that already has young, uh, Matty Beneers was the, the Calder Trophy. This is just a very good team. And also, I did a little research. And well, this is what we do. And I, I, I found a little bit of a correlation in recent history to, to teams that have success on the AHL level and then future success at the NHL level. No, what do you mean, Scott? What's the AHL? Talk about like the minor leagues. It would be the equivalent of like a a baseball AAA team being really good, like winning the AAA you know championship, the Pacific League or whatever. And then in like a year or two, seeing those see, seeing the MLB team do very good. There's a little bit of a correlation. Carolina has had one of the top AHL teams for a while, and what do we know now? Carolina is one of the best NHL teams. Yes. Yeah. Last year, the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Into the Calder Cup uh, finals, Coachella Valley. That is the minor league affiliate of the Seattle Kraken. Some of those kids on that roster will be playing for the Kraken this year.
2: Okay. Like how many? Like one?
0: Eh, two, maybe okay, three.
2: <laughs> so the one or two guys they're going to bring up are slightly better than we expect. Yeah, exactly. 35 to one, Boogie. Eh,
0: who knows? Maybe they'll bring up more guys. You know, it's, it's a long season. But uh, the there's a culture, McKenzie. Oh yeah,
2: when Barcelona B is good, I'm always betting Barcelona A. <laughs> there,
0: there's there's a culture, all right. Uh, plus more than got, a club. Plus they got Shane Wright, who um, was the uh, fourth overall pick in the last year's draft, the 2022 draft. So if he can, you know, contribute at the at the professional at the you know NHL level, I think the Kraken are a really good bet at 35 to one. Now I say that because we're betting the Golden Knights tonight. All okay. Right. All right. All right in a nice portfolio. Yeah. Thank you. VGK. I, I was going to be mad at you. VGK, again, find the best number. Minus 170 if you're looking at the DraftKings book, Here's what we know. Defending Stanley Cup champions are 60, 26, and 16 in season openers in NHL history. Mackenzie, what's 60 wins out of 102 games?
2: I'm going to get 61%. That's,
0: it's got to be. It's got to be like 59%, 59% right? Yeah. Bad Man, math on me. That's, that's pretty good, right? It's not bad. All right. What about five wins in the last 10 years? What's that? That's got to be, yeah, 50%, that's 50%. Right
2: 50. around 50.
0: Yeah, it's 50% of losses, too, the other way. But two of those losses were in overtime. So five, three, and two. So you know, let's say at the end of regulation, that's pretty good. Um, what about 25, 15, and one? So that's got to be decent odds, right? 63%. 63%. That's what the Knights were at home last season. What about three and one? What's that? 75%. 75. Damn, oh, I well, knew they're that one. Good. calculator yeah. works faster than mine. Okay. That that's what Vegas was against Seattle last season. So we have Vegas who won 3 out of 4 against Seattle last year. We have yeah. Vegas who wins what was it 60 what percent? At 63% home. of their games at home. And then we have the history of the banner raising team to open up the season winning at 59% of the time. The Golden Knights have one of the best home atmospheres in all of hockey. If you have not been to a game, please watch it on television tonight because it is incredible. And that crowd will propel this team. Will will them to a victory tonight. To open up the season against the Seattle Kraken, we're going with the Vegas Golden Knights. But again, I really like Seattle this year. I really Is that do. your
2: favorite play for the first day?
0: That's well, that's yeah, it's my favorite play for tonight's schedule. Yeah. But I did promise on last night's show I was going to give out a plus nine hundred bet, and I already it's gave you. A, I already gave you a plus thirty five hundred. So let me give you the plus nine hundred. Here we go. You listening? We're let's ready. See closely. Luke Hughes of the New Jersey Devils, made up person, never heard of him. He's the younger brother of his teammate, Jack Hughes, and Quinn Hughes of the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Oh, okay. Luke Hughes was captain of Team USA in the World Juniors. Are you trying to say
2: Phil Hughes, the pitcher? No. No. Luke Luke Howard
0: Hughes. Hughes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the movie maker. Luke Hughes. An aviator. Luke Hughes (laughs) to win the Calder Trophy as the NHL's Rookie of the Year at plus 900. Now, I know what you're saying, Mackenzie. What about your boy, Connor Bedard? What about
2: my boy, Connor Bedard?
0: Connor Bedard's the favorite for a reason, okay? He's the number one overall pick. He's a stud. He's minus 140 to win this award. There's only been 11 number one overall picks in history to win the Calder Trophy that same year. And it hasn't happened since Austin Matthews in 2016.
2: Did Sid the Kid win it, Sidney Crosby?
0: No. um, Well, the year he was drafted, uh, Ovechkin won.
2: Okay, okay, well, that's, that's another protege-type guy.
0: Yeah, 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 So Ovechkin won it. There. Yeah. There's only been 11 times where the number one overall pick went on to win the Calder Trophy that year. And also, at 18 years old, going on 19, Bedard would be the youngest player to win the award since Nathan McKinnon in 2013. I just think there's a lot going up against him, and he's on a bad team. Yeah. I understand the kid's going to score, and I don't want to root for injuries, but you're one injury away from a minus 140 favorite just not even being yeah. thing. Now you look at Luke Hughes. 20 years old, I mentioned the pedigree. I mean, he's a cousin of Phil Hughes. He, he's playing with his brother, Jack Hughes, on a team that is the, I mean, McKenzie, pull up the Stanley Cup odds. The third favorite, I want to say, to win the Stanley Cup right now? Fourth, uh, second favorite, maybe? Yep. We're the New Jersey Devils. They've they got to be top three favorite to win the Stanley Cup right now. So if you're looking at that, you're on a team that is expected to be good. And you are a contributor. Yeah, the second favorite. Second favorite. Carolina's the first favorite? Yes, 8-1. Yeah. You're, you're on a Stanley Cup contender, and you are a contributor. Fourth overall pick in 2021. Last season came up late in the year after the uh, World Juniors and the college season ended and made his debut April 11th, scored a goal in his second-ever game, played in the postseason last year, and had two assists in a Game 3 win for the Devils <laughs> against the Hurricanes. How is he a rookie again? Because he only he made his debut on all April 11th right. last One of year. Weird rules, all right. Yeah, and he only he only played a couple of games. and played in the postseason last year. He was the captain for Team USA, and and this is like a weird thing. Luke Hughes was the captain for Team USA at the World Juniors. 20 years old, veteran. Right. That's like you know what? I respect your maturity. Connor Bedard wasn't even an assistant captain. Damn. Listen, he was the tournament. Most valuable player, and he led the tournament in goals, whatever. But... Yeah, because he wasn't a leader. he yeah. was just out there scoring, out there million scoring million. right? I just think that on a team that is the second favorite to win the Stanley Cup, a guy that is going to contribute in more ways than just scoring. Because Luke Hughes plays defense; he's a defenseman, whereas Connor Bedard's a center, a scorer. So he's contributing in more ways than just goals. So every goal he gets is like a bonus. And at plus nine hundred, in the situation he's in, with the experience he got last year playing in the postseason, boy. I'll take that guy over an 18-year-old getting his first-ever NHL experience to win this award. Plus 900 versus minus 140? No, you lose that battle. You lose that (laughs) battle every time. (laughs) From the NHL Rookie of the Year to the NBA Rookie of the Year, because the top two favorites were on display last night in preseason action. Mackenzie Rivers, our nba expert which by the way you can still buy the combo mckenzie rivers nba scott satenberg nhl package it is available shout out to whoever bought it already i see you we respect you we love you uh mckenzie what did you make of wemby against chet holmgren last night
2: not too much i mean these preseason games it's good to get some highlights in there but they both scored 20 they both looked like they were good on offense and not knowing exactly where to put their feet on defense but these are the guys I expected. And you look at the Rookie of the Year odds, and you might say, oh, wow, Wemby had a big highlight night. His odds ticked up. They're actually the lowest at FanDuel that I've seen at any point in the cycle at plus 130. A few months ago when the draft happened, it was minus 245 on Wemby Yama, plus 180 on the field. Those odds were obviously wrong. We called it out here on this show. But now it's settled down a little bit. Holmgren has every chance to win this. He's 2-1. to one. Scoot Henderson's right behind him at 3-1. to one. I really think it's a, th- it's a three-person race. Wemby's the most famous name, but he's not necessarily head and shoulders above these guys from a talent perspective right now.
0: Was it a highlight night? I mean, AJ, you retweeted the video. Was it a highlight night for Wemby? He headbutted Chet Holmgren. It didn't matter. He headbutted Lock. him, and then he flexed on him. <laughs> like uh,
1: McKenzie
2: just gave the block <laughs>
1: signal. Yeah, it was a very, uh, very strange move. It, Chet Holmgren's the one who tweeted that out. Yeah, headbutts undefeated or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's, he's right. Like this was a Victor just put his head down, drove it into Chet's face, knocked him over, and finished, and then flexed on him. It was an odd move, but hey, if you if you if the call goes your way, I guess you might as well flex,
0: right? Uh, I, I still Out like the Ch- bucket. I still like Chet Holmgren over Wemby in this award.
2: The yeah, especially with these odds. Yeah, the yeah. guy's
0: been in an NBA system, in an NBA weight room, around NBA players for over a year now. And I think that experience is going to hold up through the grind of the regular season, whereas Wemby has not been through this before. He doesn't know what to expect from this long of a season.
2: Now, we recommended Holmgren at 7-1. to one. Yeah. Would you still bet him at three to one, or maybe the the, the, the boat's passed? The ship, has, the ship no, has sailed.
0: No, because all it takes. I, I think this is going to be one of these awards, like we saw last year with the MVP. Where it's going to fluctuate yeah. like every week. We're going to see, oh, Wemby's minus one ninety. Oh, Wemby's plus two ten. Oh, wait, Wemby's minus one eighty. Like it's just going to go back and forth with whoever has good games.
1: I still think there's there's a distinct advantage that chet holmgren has that the other guys the other top guys don't have and that's that he's going to play on a contending team oklahoma city is going to be a good basketball team and they're going to win a lot of games they're going to be in the playoffs i don't know if scoot henderson's going to play a playoff game i don't know if victor Wimbanyama's is going to play a playoff game And not that it's a playoff award. It's obviously a regular season award. But if you're on a team that's, you know, getting nationally televised games and like you're a team that's winning, you get more love. And this is a voted on award. And it's hard to ignore that factor,
0: in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. The Thunder at 41 and a half. I like them over. and I like them game one against the Bulls to get the upset win.
0: If you'd like Mackenzie Rivers' NBA package, it is available for you at pregame.com. My NHL package available as well. And we can give you discounts, yes. Daily best bets are on fire on pregame.com. AJ's college football card on Saturday went 8-4. and four. Profitable. You could have gotten that for $10. <laughs> and it went 8-4. and four. It's a good deal. Yeah.
2: Made your money back then, so.
0: Yeah, here's what you got to do. You go to pregame.com. First off, sign up if you're not a member already. Because, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. Every new member, it's free to sign up. Every new member gets $25 just to, just to spend on anything they want on the website. And then you have access to all the promo codes that we give out and discounted packages for sale. You could use our promo codes. I'm going to give you two of them. Taylor Swift. That's the code. We've been kind of going with that theme. That's the reason why uh, Kelsey got hurt, because she wasn't at the game. Uh, But Taylor15 and Swift15, those are two promo codes that are still good for you to use at pregame.com.
2: So what blank space do we put the code in? Wow. (laughs) Wow. I tried hard.
0: That was cruel. Summer, (laughs) McKenzie. Taylor15, Summer15. It's you. You're the problem. Not Summer 15.
1: You just made that one up. No. Swift 15.
0: (laughs) Taylor 15, Swift 15 is going to get you $15 off at pregame.com. Use one. Use them both. If you used one, use the other one. You get the deal. Save some money. Go to the website. Get some winners. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are Straight out of Vegas AM.